This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday. Took me a minute there. Sorry. It's been a long, long fucking month today. Today is, <laughs> is. Today is Wednesday, August 17th. This is episode 388. My name is Dan Ellison. I'm joined as per usual by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. I am present. And Mr. Taylor Grin. Oh, I'm here too. Yay. I like it. I'm excited to chat with you guys tonight. Uh, we'll be continuing our examination of religion and uh, atheism and why atheism is like the best answer to religious questions, because as you'll see in, in this episode and episodes coming down the pipe, there's, there's all kinds of religious belief and they're all pretty fucking nutty. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're, they're not terrific. They're, they're not logical. There's a bunch of inconsistencies. Uh, yeah. Lots of big problems with them. Tonight we'll be talking about animism, and I'm excited to do that. But before we jump into that, uh, what's new with you, Mr. Duffy? I've been trying to fix a sink all fucking day. A, you're trying to fix a sink or a faucet? Sink that's not draining. Oh. Yeah. Why? Don't worry, Sarah. I'm not going to make fun of you. Is there a bunch of hair in there? Is that the problem? No. It's... Just a garbage disposal doesn't take care of all the garbage. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful what you put down in the garbage disposal. Like potato peels are terrible. You should not put potato peels in your garbage disposal. So right right now I'm, I'm chemically bombing it. And when we get done with this, I might pull the pipes apart again and see if I can't break up any more of the fucking clogged up section. What is, what is in it that is clogging? I'm not sure up? yet. Oh. Like I keep hitting a heart. Like I, I get, I got a 20 foot snake thing. Uh -huh. I get about 15 feet into the pipe until it's like, I'm, I can't really advance much further, but I pull it back and it's got shit in it. Shit like poop or stuff. No, like stuff. <laughs> I don't think anybody took a dookie in the fucking sink. So it's, it's not shit like shit, shit. It's shit as in shit. <laughs> Stuff. Which shit. one of you fuckers <laughs> took a doopie in the <laughs> <laughs> Kool Aid Mud Monkey <laughs> in the urinal? <laughs> and you got to push it through the strainer on that side, unless you put it in the garbage disposal, which will, which is fucking just shitty. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, garbage disposals are great, but there are certain things that you should not put in them. I, the The biggest one for me is potato peels. Like, don't ever put potato peels in your garbage disposal because the sugar comes out and that shit sticks and the starch and it's just bad. It's, it's just really bad. Okay. It's horrible. Like we had to put a sign above the sink at the fire station saying, clean your fucking plates off. The garbage disposal is not for you to shove all your fucking food down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scrape your food yeah, into the garbage. Really and then, here. Yeah. 
What was that? Uh, oh, sorry. I they don't really do garbage disposals out here, so I have to scrape my plates off. Like I can't put anything down the sink. It's not physically possible. Yeah, so, yeah it's better yeah. for your plumbing to do that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I so make up for it with wet wipes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you need a bidet, man. Bidets are the answer. Mm, hard pass. Like <sighs> um it, I'll show you a photo sometime. Every Italian Not like that. Every every oh. Italian bathroom has like a second bidet toilet thing in it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like that's sort of what it looks like. And um, I feel like the guy trying to figure out the three shells, like I don't quite understand how it works. And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Um, so mine <laughs> just serves as a like thing that I, I put the extra toilet rolls in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I just, I, I installed bidets on our toilets here. So it's just like, mm-hmm. it's an all in one thing. You sit down, you do your business, and then you get the mm-hmm. nice little spritz from the bidet. Oh, toilets are totally different here. Like the entire tank of my toilet is in the wall. Yeah. How do you access like it access for maintenance? Panel. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's weird. It's totally different. Like toilet technology is not the same at all. <laughs> at all. It's, always fun. it's always fun when people refer to toilets as technology. It's true. I mean, it's it fun. is. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go make to a, a country that too. doesn't use toilets and you will think of it as technology. Trust me. You, when you've had to hover over a hole in the ground and take a shit, while squatting yeah. without a third point of contact, you'll mm-hmm. see it as technology. <laughs> I usually had a wall I could push on. <laughs> Fun. Oh, what else? What else is new with you? Uh, that's about it. Not much really been going on. Uh, I am going to start making some whiskey smokers. Hopefully this week. What are whiskey smokers? Uh, a little a little device you stick on top of your glass after you pour your whiskey into it. You put some um, some like fine cut up pieces of wood into it, like little wood scrapings. Uh-huh. And you take a torch and you light that. Uh-huh. And you put a top on it and the smoke goes into the glass to give it a smoked whiskey. Hmm. It's kind of that- all the fad right now. Like it's like people are doing it quite a bit and they sell huh. for a decent penny online. And I'm like, huh, those are really actually pretty cheap to make. Hmm. And I want to try it myself. I've never even heard of these things. Oh yeah. I got a friend that actually will take his, take water, stick it in his smoker, then freeze those. So he can have smoked ice cubes to put in whiskey. Does not sound appealing at all. I'm not a fan of smoked stuff like smoked beers and, smoked whiskeys and stuff me and maybe that's why i haven't heard of it because it just doesn't well it makes more jam. sense with whiskey because whiskey kind of already has a bit of a smoky flavor to it usually because of the nature of how they make it yeah. with charred barrels and stuff so yeah yeah hmm. well fancy what's new with you mr grin um i have been having kind of like a, a first world problem i uh like i've been working for 10 years to move out to Europe. You know, I, I did the military thing to get access to the kind of job that I wanted to do. Um, 
I was doing like work full time and a master's degree full time. Like I've spent the vast majority of the last, I mean, literally decade of my life working towards living in Europe, having the kind of job that I have where I'm like doing research and presenting stuff to groups of people and that kind of thing. And like I drive a convertible car. I love my cat. Like I get to do all kinds of cool shit. But the problem is, is that all of the habits and activities that I have developed over the last 10 years have all been like delayed gratification activities. So like I am very used to getting home from work and like doing something to while away the time until the next day so that I can be done with this day. <laughs> like not appreciating my time, but just trying to get a day over with so I can get the next day and get that over with for my eventual goal. And now I'm at the goal. <laughs> And all of the learned behavior I have is not enjoying the moment, but doing other things. So mm. it's not one of those like, oh, I got what I wanted and don't like it. No, I fucking love it. I just don't know like what to do. What to do? <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm very unused to just like sitting around and enjoying myself. Shh, avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say get a lathe, but you probably won't be able to fit one of those in there. Uh, no, no, not on the third might floor. might be an enjoyable t thing to do. What might? Model making. Model making? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I want to do stuff that like gets me out in town though. And like, that's uh, the biggest thing is I'm very unused to just like going out and then just kind of being in a place, you know, like just kind of loitering around at a restaurant or a bar or something like that. So I'm, I'm still figuring that out. I don't know how to rest, I guess is what I'm saying. Go and that, I know that's like places for Americans. It might yeah. want to come to Italy. Okay. I don't know. I can see something like that. Like my brother one time did a whole review on everything on the Taco Bell menu just because it was fun. And you know what? Like, that's kind of funny Bell. that you say something like that. Um, today I was at a bar and uh, it's like avocado. Seriously, I'm recording. Buddy, shut up. I love you. Shut <laughs> <laughs> <Touch> your mouth. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, so I was at the bar and it started raining and a couple of guys were not in a good spot for the overhang. So I invited them over to my table um, and we got to talking and this other group of people at the table next to us were all tourists and they were like, where do we go for dinner? And I just started naming off restaurants. Um, you know, I was like, oh, this would be a good place, but I think they're closed right now because there's a local holiday and everyone's on vacation, but here's good and there's good. My God. Avocado is loud today. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's being a mouthy prick, that one. Avocado just like, we, we bed sleep now. <laughs> um, and anyway, these two guys were sitting with me. They're like, how the hell long have you lived in Vicenza? And I was like, uh, I don't know, three months. They were like, yeah, all of his suggestions were good. <laughs> <laughs> avocado disagrees avocado go do literally anything else <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I'll lock yeah, you in the bedroom. Uh, i've just been super busy with work and junk because there's been a whole lot of fucking news in the news oh yeah <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of shit going on lately uh let's see just as a quick roundup we've had uh, Lauren, Lauren Bobert's husband, Jason Bobert, uh, after apparently several complaints about his son, uh, Jason Bobert 
Lauren Bobert's husband apparently drove his pickup truck over to a neighbor's house and ran over their mailbox. Yeah. And a second neighbor called 911. And on the 911 recording, you can hear, Stop, you jackass, get the fuck out of here. The second neighbor yelled in the middle of the call, apparently addressing Bobert. Come on, man, what are you doing? What did we do wrong? I live here. And now. Apparently there's an investigation into all of this because the sheriff's department did fuck all. And this isn't the first time this has happened. So it's, yeah. it's like the sheriff's department. there are big fans of the Boberts and have just chosen to look the other way when fuckery like this happens. No uh, way. Mar <laughs> yeah. Weird. Right. Uh, Marjorie Taylor green was called a shit for brains or was called shit for brains by former Republican national committee chairman, Michael Steele. After she sure. tweeted that, after she tweeted about needing to defund the FBI, after in another new newsworthy item, uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago house slash club slash resort was searched by the FBI after they had acquired a search warrant, and that's all kinds of fucked up. If we were to be covering any major news story, that would be it. But uh, I would refer all of you to serious inquiries only um, with with Thomas Smith and Andrew Torres. Great show. They cover stuff like that. It's fantastic. Uh, I've been really digging Andrew's coverage of the search warrant and the items that were seized after the FBI served the search warrant and went through everything. That's been a whole lot of fun. And the excuses coming out of Trump world for it have ranged from there. There was never anything there to the FBI had planted things to, Oh no, there was stuff there, but I declassified it. And before that it was, Oh, there was stuff there, but it was behind a locked door. But of course, then we found out that the lock was only put on the door later. There were Chinese nationals wandering around found in different locations at Mar-a-Lago because apparently they were aware that there were classified documents just, you know, rat hold all around that fucking place. So it's not, not just classified, but like top, top, top secret documents. Yeah. Yeah. TSSCI documents there that you mm. have to enter a specialized compartmental facility even to, to be able to read this shit. Just it's all kinds of fuckery and the excuses are just piling on each other. They're self-contradictory. It's, it's just wild and crazy. And I think this, I can't, emphasize this enough like as somebody who's worked in a skiff a sensitive compartmentalized information facility mm -hmm. and handled sci in the past if i brought a notebook home with me that was like my notes on projects to work on later that week that's mm -hmm. illegal i would be to prison yeah like, like pound me in the ass federal penitentiary even for me, if we go into a skiff as like uh, on a fire call, have to go check the area, make sure it's all safe. We can't even bring our portable radios into the skiff. Yeah, you can't take any kind you of electronic device. You can't take devices. a thumb drive. You can't. You nothing. can't take a notebook. You can't take a pencil, a phone, your watch. Nothing. You have to take all of that shit off. Uh, I I too have worked, though I didn't have TSSCI clearance. I ha I just had TS clearance. I so I never had to go into the skiff, but. A, a lot of the people that I worked with did and, you know, they would complain all the time about, oh shit, I left my phone or I had to take off my phone or I received information. You know, I got a notification while I was in there that I didn't see. Like you can't 
it's it's really bad for you for you to even take notes about the things you've seen in there and walk out with your notes about what you've seen. Like you can't do shit like that. So I'm thinking that this may be one of those things where, you know, maybe Trump will actually face some serious consequences for this. I, I hope that is the case. That would be awesome. Considering he like, I, I really say, wanna, I'm sorry, Ryan, my bad. I was going to say, he isn't allowed to say anything I take out of the White House just automatically declassified. That's not how it works. No, no especially anything related to nuclear stuff, because anything yeah. nuclear is um, classified automatically by a matter of statute. And so while ordinarily the executive branch is the original classifier, e.g. the like determiner for what gets classified, and that's obviously delegated down from the president, but it's the reason why the president normally gets declassification authority. That is not the case with nuclear secrets. They are classified by statute automatically, and it requires certain actions to declassify that stuff. Um, to the point that, let's pretend for a moment that you're a physicist working at a university and like you're just fucking around and trying to hypothesize how you might make like say a nuclear reactor or something like that. If you come up with the right equation and it works and like the right government authority finds that, they basically take your stuff and say, you can't ever talk about this again. Give us all of the copies. This is now classified simply by nature of you having developed it. And like, that's happened. <laughs> it's It's been amazing to see how this has been rolling out because it's just, you know, coming out in little dribs and drabs and Trump will address one little bit of it and then later is directly contradicted by mountains of evidence and goes, oh, well, actually, this is what happened. It's just been, it's it's been a, an, an amazing thing to watch for sure. Hi, this is James Hubert, author of Kissing Hex Ass, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. When you have your staff taking the Fifth Amendment, taking the Fifth so they're not prosecuted, when you have the man that set up the illegal server taking the Fifth, I think it's disgraceful. Fifth Amendment, Bob. The mob takes the Fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Fifth Amendment, horrible. Horrible. He pleaded the fifth and that was the end. We never heard about him again. This is like Watergate, only it's worse. Because here, our foreign enemies were in a position to hack our most sensitive national security secrets. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Uh, speaking of Trump, he also invoked the Fifth Amendment more than 400 times during a deposition with uh, the New York Attorney General, who was investigating uh, his business, businesses, for all kinds of problems, uh, mostly relating to uh, valuation of property mm -hmm. and tax information. So that should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, what else is in the news? Oh, Rudy, R other news from Trump world is that Rudy Giuliani was notified that he is a target in the Georgia election fraud case, which is also delightful because you know that they're just working their way up the ladder. And if he's been notified that he's a target, that means that they have enough information and evidence against him to uh, issue issue a, a fucking thing. 
Well, today was the day he had to go sit in front of the grand jury. A subpoena? No. An indictment. Subpoena is demanding information. Or, uh, An indictment, yeah. They'll, yeah they'll, the they'll be indicting Rudy Giuliani for this. And but he was, they're just working was their way. Yeah, today was the day he, ha- he was actually sitting in front of the grand jury in Atlanta to talk to them. But we haven't found out yet how many times he pled the fifth. Yeah. But so, I don't know if he's smart I, enough to plead the, the... I think he's a squealer, man. He looks like a squealer to me. <laughs> so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, in some more atheist-related news, uh, author Salman Rushdie was attacked on stage just before he could even begin delivering a speech. Uh, apparently was stabbed more than a dozen times. Will probably lose an eye. Had nerve damage uh, in one of his arms. And of course, this was apparently in relation to his uh, writing uh, the Satanic Verses and how the the quote unquote religion of peace views Rushdie's work. Yeah, and Iran basically said uh, we didn't have anything to do with it, but we're not sad it happened. Yeah, we didn't do it, but we're not sad about it. Yeah, well, because Khomeini issued a fatwa on him in '89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, super fun. Uh, more local news. There was a meteor that exploded in the atmosphere above Utah's skies, uh, northern Utah, that apparently rattled homes from like Provo to Logan. It was yeah, a big, big boom. I'm deaf. <laughs> well, haven't we established that in past episodes? Like you have, you have some hearing loss. Well, yeah, probably, most likely. But I mean, I was literally like, probably had the patio door open at that time, drinking coffee. Didn't hear it. And I'm like, it flew right the fuck over us. (laughs) Yeah. It, it rattled my house here. Like it, all of my cameras around the house picked it up. It woke me up. Like I was pretty much awake anyway, but it, you know, got me to actually get out of bed and go to see what the fuck was going on. Initially, I thought that it was something to do with one of our neighbors who was doing some construction in their yard and is making a big mess and all kinds of noise lately. Uh, Legislation has passed. A ton of legislation has passed. Important legislation. The Inflation Reduction Act uh, was passed. Uh, It's basically a scaled down uh, build back better. Um, But it has a lot of great stuff in it, including... Um, in some work-related things for me, uh, nearly $80 billion for the Internal Revenue Service over the next 10 years. I've seen a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, hair-on-fire, libertarian, conservative dickholes who are, who are really freaked out about this and trying to stoke fear in people by saying that the IRS is going to hire, you know, 87,000 new uh, employees to go after people. They're going to be going after the poor people in the United States to make sure that they're getting all of the taxes that they're owed, which is not at all really what's going on. Uh, the IRS has been underfunded for decades now and is close to collapse on a lot of systems. There, there are a lot of huge internal infrastructure problems. There are systems in use at the IRS that for literally decades they've been you know they've been ringing alarm bells that these systems are so old they're about to collapse and we don't know how to rebuild them because the people who initially built them 
have retired or are dead or both. And yeah, it's and just we don't understand tube technology anymore. Yeah, this is going to help modernize things. And it's particularly frustrating when you hear complaints that the IRS is too slow. It's it's too behind the times, but the reasons for that are largely due to its budget being so so low for so long and losing so many people over this period that there's no way they can keep up and and modernize their systems. This will help them do that. It will also help to make sure that large corporations and the mega wealthy are actually paying their fair share of taxes because audits on those people in particular will be able to go up. Uh, there has been a resource issue within the Internal Revenue Service where they just haven't had the people to go after wealthy corporations and people because those people have the means, especially if they're not paying their fair share of taxes, they can divert those tax funds into paying high-paid legal teams to make sure that they're not paying as much as they should be. So that's good. There's a 15% minimum on corporations who report, who record more than a billion dollars of profit, which will be oh, awesome. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, there's just been a lot of good news coming out of the Biden administration. I'm honestly, I can't, well, I am surprised really at how much they have accomplished over this short period of not even two years. They've gotten a fuck ton done in hyper-partisan times, which is just amazing to me. They have bare majorities and are passing legislation that will have impact on people's lives for, you know, a, the, a coming decade or more. And it's all good stuff. It's going to help improve the lives of people. They're now going to be able to get uh, hearing aids without a prescription. They'll have them over the counter. Medicare can now negotiate drug prices, which will drive down those drug prices for Medicare recipients. It's all really good stuff. And it's not everything that we wanted. It's not the, the, well, like two and a half, three trillion dollar build back better plan that we were hoping for. But there's a lot of great fucking shit in there, man. I'm, I'm really excited about a lot of it. And I think it's something that the administration should be congratulated for because a lot of the things that have been, have passed have been in the works and have been needed, like I said, for decades now. And Biden, through some sort of wizardry, has gotten a lot of it done, even in our hyperpartisan times. And, unless really you're like uh, DeSantis walking around Florida like Santa Claus right now, handing out money to different corporations uh, and saying, hey, here you go. Look what I did for you. It's like, dude, you're handing out the federal grant money you got for the state of Florida. Like you yourself did this. You oh, yeah. did shit. Well, that just comes out of the Republican playbook of, of obstructing, 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 trying to take make sure that nothing does pass. And then when it does and it's benefiting people, then taking the results of that and, you know, going to your constituents and saying, look at what I did for you without ever telling them that, Hey, I actually voted against this. This isn't, this isn't due to any of my work at all. In fact, I tried to fucking stop this. Yeah. Right. And well, that's Democrats like, um, need to be more, Democrats need to be more vocal about that kind of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. it, it's yeah, like, sure. uh, Cheney, um, Elizabeth Cheney just lost in her primary in Wyoming. And the person who was competing against her and won 
keep saying a bunch of stuff about how they need to like reduce, uh, you know, their contributions to the federal government and get the federal government out of their business, not realizing that the only state that gets more aid from the federal government than Wyoming is Alaska. Um, and that the average, not even the average, well, yeah, um, Wyoming person gets $4,000 worth of federal benefits per capita, like in excess of the taxes they put into the system. So a net 4,000 back per capita in Wyoming because they, they generate so little use in our country mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're just subsidized yeah. by the Fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wy- Wyoming contributes wind. representing like a million people are being paid by the two senators representing like 40 million people in california basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's pretty wild i i was sad to see that she lost just because like fuck liz cheney Uh, you know i'm not a fan of liz cheney i am i i am glad that she has chosen ethics and duty to country over party politics. Um, you know, most Republicans are not doing that these days. They're fully on board with the Trump train and, you know, full steam ahead for fascism. Uh, so it's great that she has had the courage to do that. I don't agree with her policies at all. I think, you know, her, her policy positions on most things are really fucking terrible. She's voted with Trump more than nine, more than 90% of the time. But I do admire, comparatively speaking, when looking at the rest of the Republican Party, the courage that she's had to stand in the face of this and say, no, I'm, I'm not on board for that. I can see where we're heading now, and that's not what I want to be a part of. So I do admire her for that. Yeah. But she's like the last Republican. <laughs> well, I think she's hoping to emerge from all of this as the de facto leader of the never Trumpers and anti-Trump wing of the Republican party, which I envision a Cheney Kinzinger ticket. Yeah. And that would be great. And I think if, if the DOJ and New York AG continues pushing all of these felony buttons that are lined up on Trump's desk, that that will continue to whittle away his support to the point where hopefully ahead of the next presidential election support will support for him will have collapsed. I, I kind of see it as a, as a rising tide that is about to hit a breaker wall that once more things start coming out, he'll start losing support rapidly. People will be fleeing from him. It'll be rats jumping from the sinking Trump ship. I I think that perhaps more likely is if you have an extremely overweight, unhealthy, stressed out guy with a record of doing a lot of uppers under a huge amount of stress, (laughs) yada, yada, yada. (laughs) (laughs) He fall down, go boom, don't get up again. Yes. (laughs) That would be, I I would take that. That would be great. And then in the wake of that happening, have more and more evidence of his corruption and lies and manipulation and just complete fuckery exposed. That would be awesome. Um, and then they're just his good name. 
<laughs> How can you besmirch this man? He's not even around here to defend himself. Well, it's just like I hear everybody saying, Trump's not even in the White House anymore. Why are you guys so obsessed with him? It's like, because he doesn't get out of our fucking lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In more atheist related news, the Southern Baptist Convention is being investigated by the Department of Justice for their long term, large scale cover up of child abuse within the Southern Baptist Convention. So that's fun. I'm glad that they will be hopefully held to account. And lastly, in atheist-related news, American Atheists has won a settlement against Jason Rapert. I did not uh, I believe that he's going to be paying more than $16,000 and will have to like unblock this. all of his atheist constituents that he has been or had been on a on a glorious spree of just blocking everybody who is not also a Christian nationalist uh, on social media. So his constituents will finally have more of a voice and that's a fantastic thing. And it's, it's also great because for the longest time he said that he would never cave, he would never capitulate. He'd never surrender. He'd never give up. He will fight this till the death. And then he settled out of court. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. So that's beautiful. I love every bit of it. Uh, We will be moving on now to talk about animism. We will be doing that when we get back from, this little break. This is Callie. Just remember, love is love. Support your local lesbians. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead. Up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me, okay? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, everybody. All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about animism, and that is because uh, I figured... Well, I told you guys that my idea basically was that I wanted to go through a timeline of religious belief throughout human, throughout human history. And as I started to look into this more and more, animism was the thing that came up over and over as like the first or overarching belief system that initially led to a bunch of, that initially led to the creation of other religious belief systems. But animism seems to have been the first. And it's because early people didn't really have a good understanding of how shit works. Uh, Basically, looking at the Wikipedia definition of animism, it says that animism is the belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Potentially, animism perceives all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and perhaps even words, as animated and alive. Animism is used in 
the anthropology of religion as a term for the belief system of many indigenous peoples, especially in contrast to the relatively more recent development of organized religions. Animism focuses on the metaphysical universe with specific focus on the concept of the immaterial soul. Although each culture has their own uh, mythologies and rituals, animism is said to describe the most common foundational thread of indigenous people's spiritual or supernatural uh, perspectives. The animistic perspective is so widely held and inherent to most indigenous peoples that they often do not even have a word in their languages that corresponds to animism or even religion for that matter. The term is an anthropological construct. Largely due to such ethno-linguistic and cultural discrepancies, opinions differ on whether animism refers to an ancestral mode of experience common to indigenous peoples around the world or to a full-fledged religion in its own right. The currently accepted definition of animism was only developed in the late 19th century, around 1871, by Sir Edward Tyler. It is, quote, one of anthropology's earliest concepts, if not the first. Animism encompasses the beliefs that all material phenomena have agency, that there exists no categorical distinction between the spiritual and the physical or material world, and that soul, spirit, or sentience exists not only in humans, but also in other animals, plants, rocks, geographic features such as mountains or rivers, or other entities of the natural environment such as water sprites, vegetation deities, tree spirits, tree spirits, etc. Animism may further attribute a life force to abstract concepts such as words, true names, or metaphors in mythology. Some members of the non-tribal world also consider themselves animists, such as author Daniel Quinn, sculptor Lawson Oyekin, and many contemporary pagans. So with that definition of animism now in play, what have you guys learned about animism over the time that, that you've been looking at it? Well, Sir Edward Taylor was kind of racist. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah? Well, I mean, just like the, the concept back then, as we know, anthropology in the 1800s didn't really view older cultures as being very smart or having the ability to differentiate, like, like them saying, that rock's alive and basically making fun of being like, huh, but they thought the rocks were alive and the water was alive. And they, <laughs> and I, I, I think it's a misrepresentation of what native tribes would have actually been considering themselves doing because mm -hmm. they were looked at as being less than and their, their views and their habits might've been looked at as like, well, you're just stupid. You're, you know, you're some indigenous person. That's just some like Neanderthal type thing left over. They weren't, they, they weren't looked very highly upon. Oh, you backward thinking superstitious nonsense believing yeah. person you don't know about oh, the you weird really blue God. things in your magic tree <laughs> pretty much but uh i did read so th this led me down the, the the road of reading about some tribes and the one i read about was the ojibwe tribe because it kept coming up in some of the articles about animism mm -hmm. and one thing they kept bringing up was that they didn't just look at everything as being having a spirit or a soul or being alive but as a teaching tool hmm. being like the more you're out there in the forest with, you know, the spirit of the forest or the spirit of the mountains, you can gain knowledge from those areas. 
just through lived experience with it. And the same went with the animals and the vegetation because sure shit, if everyone's eating a fucking plant and they're dying, you're going to learn not to eat that fucking plant. Sure, you've gone camping, but have you gone camping on weed? (laughs) (laughs) Who hasn't? (laughs) But I mean, I, I think the early concept of animism them saying everything had a spirit, including rocks and water, kind of is a disingenuine opinion of the way religious tribes were actually treating those spirits. And as they say, there's they don't have a name for religion or spirituality in their language. So you're trying to basically take what they're doing and give it a meaning that makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. Superimpose on it structure that isn't there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the problem that I had with going through some of the animism stuff. It's like, it's not. Well, and with full-blown white guy ignorance, like a lot of animism really looks to me as like very early human attempts to suss out um, causality. Yes. Right? Like very much in the way that later religions would be like, oh, there's a thunderstorm. Like Zeus must be fucking mad again. You know, for these guys, it was like, oh, this avalanche sure is scary. Like the snow spirits must be, you know, like wanting to hitch a ride to the bottom of the mountain or something like that, you know. But it's also no different than the governor of our state saying we must pray for rain. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. But that's the thing is that like because human beings have evolved to be pattern seeking creatures, you know, it makes sense that people would develop a system where they're trying to say, well, this, this thing that has been caused appears to have no causer. And so I want to invent a causing agent, right? A a thing with will that has caused this thing to be the case because it can't simply be an accident. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what struck me uh, as I, as I read a little bit about animism was that it is kind of this overarching belief system for all kinds of religions, right? It's it's what leads people to believe in things like uh, uh, mind-body dualism and the existence of a spirit. Uh, it's what leads other new agey, spiritual, hippy-dippy type people to believe in the universe as, you know, the thing that like, controls like everything, you know, man. Well, and, and if you don't mind my jumping in, that's actually one thing I wanted to make damn sure to talk about is that like people who study animism or, or who are trying to even define animism point out the fact that animism is very much not the same thing as pantheism, right? Mm-hmm. In that it isn't monist, right? Pantheism sees all of the universe as being one deific thing, right? All united, mm-hmm. whereas animism retains the individuality of like every stone, every breeze, yada, yada, like whatever being an animate force and that they're Mm -hmm. all unique from each other. And the interesting thing about that to me and where animism breaks down on that point is the physical structure of things breaking down. Like if you believe the paradox of it. Yeah. Like if you believe that a, that a rock is, is animated or or has its, or that the rock is sentient or, uh, has its own spirit, then if you break that rock in two, have you just created a new spirit? Are they the same spirit? Interestingly splitting? enough, um, one of the things I read about animism is that there are some animist sculptors 
today and in the past who view the act of sculpting as a process of changing or eliciting the spiritual nature of the thing that they are changing. So like mm -hmm. if they sculpt a rock into a face or a man or what have you, they're doing it. In order rock to what want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're expressing yeah, they're that. Exposing the underlying thing. nature of the yeah. thing itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they see it as like a conversation. Um, yeah. But I also yeah, liked, I, I just think that's, I just, I thought it was interesting to, to figure that, okay, well, that's, that's the easiest thing for me to break it down as if you believe that this rock is a thing unto itself, then if I break that rock into 10 different things are, are like, is it the same thing anymore? Or are they 10 new things? Does part of that carry over into all of the 10 different things? And that's where it really breaks down for me pretty easily. Yeah. I, I noticed one thing with the native stuff. They didn't really go into breaking rocks, but all spirits are kind of equal. Mm, yeah. You and that bear both possess a, a spirit and you are no better than that bear. Mm -hmm. So that concept is interesting to me because I think you, they definitely learned a way to live in nature and respect it. Versus when uh, Christians came over here and raped mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, no, That's we don't treat that less than me. I can kill all the animals. Fuck them. I can cut down all the forests. Fuck it. Where the native tribes are like, no, we are equal to all of this. Like I am just a part of this and I need to respect the trees and respect the mountains and respect those animals. And yes, I take from that animal. I possess the spirit of that animal when I take it, like eating the heart or drinking the blood and going through rituals of honoring that animal's spirit or whatever, but they were able to live more, I guess, harmoniously with the environment around them instead of thinking I am a God. Basically I can do whatever I want. I have control over this domain. God gave me this control and I can shape it. However the fuck I feel He's giving like you it. all the seed bearing plants and herbs to use to do mm -hmm. what you want with. Into a well, that's, domain that's interesting to me because I'm definitely the blend of humanist that is human primal, like like human primacy, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't wish to cause excess harm to animals, and I see nature as being like the element, uh, the the life support for spaceship Earth, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and waterfalls and canyons and forests are beautiful to me, but at the same time, I have absolutely zero compunction against, you know, killing and eating a cow or a deer because they're not human. Right. And they, they are not persons. Um, and so like, I, I feel very separate from that kind of view where like, oh no, different spirits are equal. Like, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. They definitely still, you know, harvested plants, cut down trees, but they're being, it was, I guess it's more the, the respect of the resources versus just use it until it's gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is, I just think of, that there's a middle ground between the like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Dominion on one side and, and, you know, saying you thank you to the tree me. before you chop it down. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Not, or, or something like Jainism, which I'm sure we'll explore in a future episode that, that believes that you need to treat everything as equal. Like you can't, you know, be sure that you don't accidentally harm any bugs even. Yeah. 
because they're all equal. So what will we be exploring in our next episode, Taylor? Uh, so I, you know, dear listener, basically, uh, uh, how would you put it? I don't respect animism because it was worshipped by like native peoples. I don't respect animism because it's it's dumb. Um, and so I struggled a lot with researching this topic. And I kept getting bored and reading other stuff instead. And to your benefit, um, I found a really cool article, series of articles on something called the Indo-European uh, mythology, or sorry, the Proto-Indo-European mythology, which mm. is kind of like the hero's journey, but instead of being about like mythological heroes, it's about mythological gods and how like peoples from basically like ancient Scandinavia wrapping all the way over to ancient India um, all basically had the same essential cosmology and pantheon. Um, so next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the commonalities and differences in that pantheon, how we used really cool linguistic science to like discover that by basically looking at the commonalities between different um, groups, myths, and that kind of thing. Um, and hopefully also debunk some of the bullshit um, that came out with that like documentary zeitgeist like almost 20 fucking years ago now that tried to overlay similarities that didn't exist between early religions and basically be like, here's where they were off the mark on that idea. So that's what I've got for next week. And that'll probably I'll be better because although animism is interesting, it is so broad of a concept that there is no, I guess, unifying Mm-hmm. And because it's prehistoric, like there's not really much the literature of it. And it's not a particular, like, I mean, inherently so, it's not a particularly complex topic because, I mean, things were not particularly complex during that time period. You know, stone tools are also not complex. I could talk to you for about half an hour about, like, how to break flint down into a sharp end, right? To them, so, it was revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I apologize for this one being kind of a, a shorty, but it's it's early. It's animism. It's you know, there's not much to it. <laughs> Things are alive. Well, and it's great. Like I said, I think I think the cool thing about animism is that it is kind of the basis for every other religion that's out there. It, every other religion seems to borrow a little bit from the animist idea that things have a nature and soul unto and specific to themselves. And yeah. Well, and as, as somebody intense. who does a lot of tabletop role-playing game stuff, um, as I looked at animism qua its evolution into more like dualism where some things were animate and some things were inanimate, I got a whole bunch of great ideas for like gods and creatures and stuff like that that could exist in like a, like a role-playing game circumstance where it's like, no, most things are inanimate, but this guy right here is the animate, like, like spirit of the forest and he will fuck you up. <laughs> and <laughs> ideas like, like that are like really the interesting. Trees in Lord of the Rings. Or, or more so like the forest God and princess Mononoke. If anybody's seen that. Oh, it's a studio Ghibli um, production. Fantastic. And there's a huge metaphor for people like deforesting this ancient grove and uh, hunting a great stag that is the spirit of the forest. And um, it does not go well for them when they do, <laughs> when they finally take that stag down. 
So oh. yeah, big recommend. Beautiful film. Like visually, it's just stunning. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, but it's been quite a while ago. Um, lastly, we do we did receive a little bit of listener feedback that I thought was fun. Uh, listener David French sent us an email that says, I'm an atheist member of TST. I admit it when I'm asked. I don't really care if the questionnaire accepts it or not. My beliefs have zero impact on their lives, but Christians are forcing their ideals on the American public. My employer recently acquired the services of a chaplain's corps to visit and help, quote, counsel the employees for their, quote, mental health and, quote, other issues. I've engaged in civil discourse when they talk to me, but I've explained my stance. They're flustered because I demand undeniable scientific proof and they can provide none, but my questions to them can't even, but my questions to them, they can't even answer. I find it great fun, but also concerning. I've brought up their first amendment. I've brought up their first amendment and the other gods part. Any other suggestions to help me fuck with them? <laughs> I, I, uh, the first oh, well, thing that came to my mind yeah. that fuck with your employer. You have the right. I mean, if they're bringing in religious counsel, why not ask for a religious counsel that matches your religious beliefs as well and mm -hmm. have a representative from the satanic temple able to come in there as a counselor to help with your mental health that will understand your stance. Well, and yeah, also and guess, like, oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, Dan. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say like you, you describe your employer, right? It, which doesn't sound to me like you're military, but you use the term chaplain core, uh, which yeah, sounds yeah. very military to me. And mm -hmm. so the other thing that you can do is if you are military, or let's say that you're like a contractor GS, right? That's with military types. Um, if you feel like that chaplaincy is being used in a way that's outside of their normal scope of work, because military members do have a right to chaplains, but you as a military member have a right to a chaplain who can like meet your spiritual needs. So if that's the case, if any of that is the case, um, and you feel like your needs are not being met, which it sounds like they're not, you should reach out to Mikey Weinstein um, at the uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and he would be more than happy to help you out. <laughs> I like Mikey a lot. He's really cool. He's a great um, guy. Also, if you want to fuck with them, ask them if, if, whether it's male or female, if they're your brother or your sister, since Adam and Eve had to fuck each other, and their kids <laughs> had to fuck their children, or he had a, you know, there's a lot of fucking going on. I don't know if it's mom and dad fucking, brother, sister fucking, mom, daughter, or mom, son, dad, daughter. We don't know what was going on, but obviously we got more of us here than those two. So, like, are we related? <laughs> well, one, I thought it was interesting, too. Like, I, I, I wasn't able to suss out whether or not, like, like, you, like you mentioned, Taylor, he's, he mentions Chaplain Corps. And so that sounds to me like it's a military position, but... Mm -hmm. And maybe not, I don't know. And, and you, and you have different rights or avenues for redress based on whether it's a public or uh, private yeah. corporation or entity. Right. Right. If it is government, you, you do have the EEO office you can go to mm -hmm. and uh, file a complaint. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And his email continues and says, Dan, if you switch to contacts, I strongly recommend the transition lenses. 
Best lenses I've ever worn. I no longer need sunglasses. Keep up the great work, guys. Love the show, and it's very, very informative. Thank you very much, David. I'm, I'm glad you find the show entertaining and informative. That's what we tried to do here. Um, and I haven't yet decided what to do. Um, honestly, I didn't even know that they made transitions contact lenses. Like, that's really that fucking cool. Yeah, I, I had no cool. idea that that would be awesome. And then I wonder, like, does it would it change the color of your eyes? Does it tint like like oh, my glasses cool. are transition lenses and they get dark? So would the contact yeah. lenses be dark? That would be kind of cool. You're out golf and you just have like black eyes. <laughs> I'm a shark out on the golf course. I'm here to golf with you. <laughs> I'm going to beat you today. <laughs> oh boy. Golfing partners are friends, not food. <laughs> you just keep talking to something in your club bag. <laughs> uh, that, that just, that kind of reminds me. I've, Tracy's mom went on a three week whirlwind tour of Europe. Uh, went and stayed with Tracy's brother in Germany for a while. They went to Denmark. They went They went all over the place. And she's been gone for three weeks. And so we've been babysitting her dog, uh, who's who's a great boy. He's he's a super awesome dog. All dogs are the best dogs, right? Anyway. Um, Except for chihuahuas. <laughs> like they can be great. It's just hard. They like, they like bond to one person. Um, mm. But we got our dog... Lily before our daughter Danica had her baby who is now also named Lily. And so when the baby's here, we refer to the dog as beans. Uh, she, it's a nickname we have for her because all of her toe beans are black. So it's Lily black beans. And then it just turned into beans is her nickname. And now she's, she's really cute and funny. Um, the dog beans, Lily beans, uh, she has like, we, the only discipline that we ever receive, that we ever give them is to, you know, scold them and say, Hey, bad dog, don't do that. But if you use any kind of menacing tone around her, she just shrinks down and her ears tuck back and she wiggles her butt and kind of like wriggles around on the ground. And so I've started, you know, when she's doing something wrong, I just go beans. And she instantly stops and all of the other dogs stop. <laughs> and so now I've just started doing that with all of the dogs, like Oliver, just taking on this menacing tone in their name and they just stop doing shit. And it's been, it's been really great. Uh, Tracy's just kind of bummed that she can't do the same thing. Cause it's getting one of those little like throat talky things that people with throat cancer use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I use this gravelly voice that, yeah, they, they kind of freak out about. Uh, well, that does bring us to a conclusion of this episode. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going and we appreciate them all very much. Uh, that would be Ed Harris, Kevin Shield. Crucify the like button and leave a review on iTunes and rate the show five times a day towards Celia Gray, Steve Kuno, Sinead Duffy, Tiffany Hudson. John McCullough. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man, a perfectly cromulent statement. Ollie Olson. Vanessa. Alan Firth. Two skeptical chaps. Stephen Andrus. Martina Fern. Clank Trucking. Zeus 9SO. Jonathan. Not a fucking gymnast. Doug Willoughby. 
Marvin Draken. Sir Roses of the River. Get a scale and find out how much a hen weighs. <laughs> Megan Mitchell. Corey Ebert. Be a Richard. <laughs> it's don't be a Richard. Yeah. However, because the transposition of the apostrophe did not go over well, it's got a bunch the of Greek import. characters. <laughs> the the import symbol in there. did not work very well on that one. <laughs> Donate to <my>, uh, Richard. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, McKenzie Peterson. All hail Penis Buttra. Jeremy Goodson. Utah Outcasts. Good news, everyone. Wesley Aaron. Freethinker215. Socialized healthcare saved my life. Sarah Segovia. Theodore Sellen. Tim Jacobson. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Purple Dragon. James. And Starscream wants you to please support the Military Religious Freedom Foundation to Decept- <laughs> Let me try that one again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Starscream wants you to please support the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. Decepticons, retreat! Retreat! <laughs> it's been a minute since I've since I've watched that. Like the Optimus Prime thing, that voice is is easy to remember. I don't like Starscream. I know it it was like a high pitched whine. I'd have to. It's, it's a high po- high pitched whiny weaselly voice. Like yeah, like the yeah. kind of voice where you hear it and you're like, oh, that guy's gonna stab someone in the back. Like oh yeah, and like Starscream. That's a perfect name for this character. That's what you sound like. You sound like a star screaming. Yeah. Fun, fun. Thank you all very much. Uh, if you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get a song at the end of each episode. You get clips from the cutting room floor. You get bonus outtakes. You get uh, an early release of the episode every week before everybody else. You get sometimes bonus episodes, all kinds of fun stuff. Sometimes uh, you get the silence of Taylor. So <laughs> 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 That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> I'm looking forward oh. to, I'm also looking forward to our episode next week talking about pie and it's mm-hmm. to it's relation to religion. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I am now going to go get a prescription. I have to go pick up a prescription. I couldn't pick it up last night because I went golfing and they threw out two groups ahead of us on the back that delayed us by at least 20 minutes. And then I was late. I couldn't pick up my prescription because the pharmacy had closed by the time I was done. First world problems. Meh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go shove some things in some pipes. I'm going to go feed my cat and go to sleep. What have I done wrong? I don't know. I see Taylor as number one. Uh-huh. Can you not can see you... the screen? Can you hear us, Taylor? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Uh, what? Hello? Oh, he's muted. Oh, oh there you are. God, that's so funny. Okay, so... Avocado had been meowing again. Um, and I forgot that I had muted my mic. And so I, uh, I said my name and then I was waiting on Dan. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Dan, it's your turn. Oh, we're like, we're like, Taylor, can you not see the screen? My bad.
Let me, let me make a note uh, uh, myself over here. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. We'll need to fix Don't worry. It. That was funny. Uh, uh, that's going to be outtakes for sure. <laughs> let me go back here. <laughs> sorry, Dan. I didn't because, mean to make it for you. So, uh, so I can leave in the, the other stuff of, and that would be, so let me go back to the Patreon. Yeah, there's a pretty long pause there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna be able to see able it. To Dan. find that pretty easy because <laughs> it's just dead air for like ten seconds. <laughs> uh, okay, so so uh, just pretend that I said, and that would be, and then uh, you can read your read your name, and we'll go through the list. 